ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد i want to highlight three different constellations that we find in surah fussilat and I want to weave them together as best I can. The first one is rather short and simple. Towards the beginning of the surah, Allah gives us a very succinct recipe for success. It's as deep as it is simple. Allah says, فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا Very simple, very short to the point, very succinct. But Allah Himself, our fate is in His hands. He's telling us, this is how you can pass this exam that I've given you. This entire life in and of itself is one big exam for each and every one of us. And Allah is telling us, Allah is giving us that study guide. What do we need to make it through this exam, to make it through this test. Allah mentions two action items. فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا So be steadfast, be consistent, try to do good as much as you can. Try to be forbearant as much as you can. Try to hang on to the rope of Allah as best as you can. Be persistent in terms of your intentions and your efforts for good. The first, the first action item Allah mentions here, فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ So be steadfast in your pursuit of coming closer to Him. This is very general, this is very broad, this is very macro. And then Allah gives us a micro action item immediately following it. It's very general when Allah tells us فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ To be steadfast in working towards Him, in coming closer towards Him, Closer to him as best we can. It's very general, it's very broad. Ya Allah, I need a specific action item. What's the very next thing that Allah mentions? Wastaghfiru. Generally, Allah tells us something, and then specifically, Allah tells us something. Allah gives us a macro action item, and then Allah gives us a micro action item. Allah tells us to generally come closer to him, and then Allah gives us one of the most impactful specific ways that you and I can do so. وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا To seek His forgiveness not once or twice, but over and over and over. And the more we do that as individuals, the more we benefit. Allah needs nothing from us, but we need everything from Him. This is the first of the three. The second of the three is a little bit later in the surah, when Allah maps out, because at the end of the day the Qur'an is our map to Jannah. It's our GPS to Jannah. We ask Allah to gather all of us there, us and our loved ones, Amir Rabbil Alameen. The second of the three that I want to touch upon 
is when Allah maps out what we should try to avoid. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَا تَسْمَعُوا لِهَذَا الْقُرْآنِ وَالْغَوْ فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَغْلِبُونَ There were some serious staunch haters of the Prophet ﷺ who recognized how much of an impact the Qur'an would have on people when they would hear it. So even though they recognized the power contained within the Qur'an, even though they themselves recognized in their own private discussions, these are the leaders of Islamophobia at that time within Quraysh, within Mecca. In their own private discussions, they knew that what the Prophet was reciting والسلام, this isn't from a person, this isn't from a human being, there's no way. They were experts in language, they were experts in poetry, and they knew this is completely different. This is completely unique. So even though they recognized that on the surface, it didn't change anything within them. It didn't alter anything within their hearts. If anything, they doubled down, as Allah mentions here, in not only dragging themselves further away from the Qur'an, but also trying their best or their worst to drag others away from the Qur'an as well. So Allah mentions that here. Allah says that these people, they would go and they would tell other people because they still had their version of Hajj at that time. And so people, they would be coming from all over for their version of Hajj at that time. And the Prophet used that as an opportunity. The Prophet would take advantage of that to try to communicate with different people, to try to teach people as best he could regarding the message of Islam, the basic tenets of our faith. And the key vehicle that he would use was the Qur'an. Of course, the Qur'an coupled with his character, coupled with how he was, and he was a walking Qur'an, as Sayyidah Aisha described him, So they would say, don't listen to this Qur'an. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَا تَسْمَعُوا لِهَذَا الْقُرْآنِ وَالْغَوْ فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَغْلِبُونَ They would go and they would outright tell people, don't listen to this Qur'an. And even if you hear it, then make some kind of noise, so you don't, don't listen to it. It's some kind of magic, some kind of sorcery, it's some kind of this, that or the other. Just don't listen to it. And by doing so, it's going to be good for you. It's going to be better for you. You're going to be victorious. You're going to have the upper hand by doing so. Allah mentions in this passage that when it comes to them being graded, going back to the concept of an exam, Allah mentions very harshly. And this doesn't negate the fact that Allah is Ar-Rahman. There are some very heavy ayahs in the Qur'an that include the name Ar-Rahman within them within the ayah, within that passage. This doesn't negate the fact that Allah is Ar-Rahman. Rather what this does, this shows the importance of boundaries. Yes, Allah is forgiving and merciful, that's options one and two and three and four and five. And But when Fir'aun and those like him, that doesn't negate the fact that Allah is the most merciful. That means that they took themselves out of the ocean of Allah's mercy. Don't blame anyone except yourselves today. You have no one to blame except yourselves today. We find this concept repeated in the, in the Qur'an. If Allah holds people accountable, it doesn't negate the fact that He's the most merciful. Yes, there are the Jamali attributes, the beautiful attributes of Allah. His kindness, 
his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, they're also the Jalali attributes of Allah, that he's the most powerful, that he's Al-Muntaqim, that he's the avenger. Both are true simultaneously. Yes, one is option one, Allah's mercy, but there is option two. And this is the perfect balance in the Qur'an, in our faith, in our deen. There's absolute mercy, there's also absolute justice, and one doesn't negate the other. So Allah mentions for these people, for these types of people, that they're going to be graded based on the worst of what they used to do. Can you imagine looking at your entire, imagine right now your entire list of deeds, good on one side, bad on the other from your entire life. Very briefly in our own minds, let's think, okay, if I were to ask Allah, like the three men in the cave and the, the huge rock, the boulder came and it sealed it, each of them asked Allah from what they deemed to be their best deed. If Allah were to judge us based on our best deeds, what would those be? What would we hope for those to be? But our deen is balanced. There's also the other side of the scale. If Allah were to judge us based on our worst deeds, then what would those be? We ask Allah to forgive all of us. This is our deen. There has to constantly be that perfect balance. Look at the beginning of Surah Al-Rahman, which is literally named Ar-Rahman. Allah is the most gracious. Allah is the most merciful. The one singular ayah in the entire Qur'an that consists of one of Allah's names as a standalone ayah is Ar-Rahman. Emphasizing Allah's mercy, Allah's grace, Allah's kindness, Allah's love. Look at the beginning of that surah. Allah emphasizes within the, the first few handful of ayat, Al-Mizan, Al-Mizan, Al-Mizan. Yes, Allah is the most merciful. Worry about your scale, worry about your scale, worry about your scale of deeds. So in this second of the three constellations, Allah is telling us what not to do. The first one, what to do? فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا so be steadfast in trying to come closer to him and seek his forgiveness. And then the second one, Allah is telling us what not to do. And the main focus in the second one is in connection with Qur'an. These people would go and tell others, avoid the Qur'an, avoid the Qur'an, avoid the Qur'an. What not to do. And then look at the third of the three. Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا If you notice in the first of these three references, Allah mentioned istiqama and istighfar. And then in the third of these three, Allah mentions, there is no doubt whatsoever regarding those who say their Lord is Allah and they remain steadfast, they remain upright as best they can as they traverse that path of suluk, of coming closer to Allah as best they can. Here what does Allah mention? الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ استقاموا. You might think that Allah would also mention istighfar. You might think that initially Allah mentioned these two, here Allah mentions one. It's already implied, it's already absorbed into this concept. If we truly want to be steadfast in our pursuit of coming closer to Allah Azza wa Jal, what's implied here is what? We have to be people of istighfar. How else? Can we shed our bad deeds? How else can we shed our sins, our mistakes, to, to get rid of that dead weight, to let go of that baggage? We have to make istighfar. And if a person 
is a person of Qur'an, they have to be a person of istighfar, they have to be a person of istiqamah. If a person abandons the Qur'an, then how can they consistently come closer to Allah Azza wa If a Muslim abandons istighfar, then how can they have that istiqamah? When we connect with the Qur'an, it's supposed to have a transformative effect, little by little by little, slow and steady wins the race. We have to at least plant the seed of that intention in our hearts. Ya Allah, I want to come closer to you. I ask you to forgive me. Not only in Ramadan, not only, not only in Hajj season, not only on Friday, but on a consistent basis, ideally on a daily basis, albeit a couple times a day. That's a beautiful place to start. Start small, but try to be consistent. Allah paired istiqamah with istighfar. If we can manage to be steadfast, especially in connection with our istighfar, we're not going to fall for these tricks that are out there that are attempts to drag us away from the Qur'an, to drag our youth away from the Qur'an, to drag the next generation further from this beautiful deen. We have to do our part to look internally first. It's easy to look outside. Step one is to always look internally first. How am I doing in my relationship with Allah? How do I treat Allah's creation? Yes, other people have weeds in their gardens too. Step one is to, let me look at my own garden. Are there weeds there that I need to pull out? And if right now someone is thinking that, oh, I know someone, they need to hear this. They need to pull out weeds from their garden as well as someone else and someone else. And for some people, it's always about other people. When was the last time you deeply looked internally inside yourself and cracked the hardness of your heart that has perhaps come become harder than rock and colder than stone? That's what needs to happen when we connect with the Qur'an. This Qur'an is so powerful, it would completely destroy a mountain. But if we're connecting with the Qur'an and our hearts remain hard, we have to think internally. Have our hearts become harder than a mountain? That's an internal reflection. This isn't for someone to go to someone else and say, you need to do this and you need to do that. Pause. Take a step back. Reflect internally. Because when we're buried six feet deep in the ground, we're not asked in the plural. We're asked in the singular form. Who is your Lord? What was your deen? What do you say about Prophet Muhammad Who is your Prophet? It's all individual, individual, individual. If we hope to make it through the swamp of this dunya, if we hope to have that istiqamah, we have to make istighfar and we have to hang on to the Qur'an as best we can. If we do so, then we hope to fall into the description of the passage, the third of the three that I briefly mentioned. Allah mentions these people for those who do remain on the straight path. By the way, this doesn't mean that we remain perfect the entire time. Allah just mentioned, Even if we have the intention, let's try to do as much good and as little bad as we can. We have to have that intention. Along the way, there are going to be bumps in the road. Ya Allah, what should I do? I'm trying to be a person of istiqamah. Hang on to your istighfar. Pick yourself up when you fall down. It's extremely difficult. But what makes it easier, if you have the right people around you, when you fall down, they pick you up, either knowingly or unknowingly. If you're around the wrong people, 
When you get up, they pull you back down. The Qur'an is supposed to force us to take a step back and to look very deeply internally. How am I doing in my relationship with Allah? How am I doing in my relationship with the Qur'an? How am I doing in my relationship with the creation of Ar-Rahman? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Inna Allah wa malaikatahum yusalluna ala al-nabiyya Ayuhal ladhina amanu Sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The main point for each and every one of us On a weekly basis as we go to Jum'ah As we go to the Friday sermon As best we can As consistently as we can And we ask Allah for tawfiq in this regard and in general we should always go with the mentality that I want to take even one thing even one small thing from this reminder let me implement it over the next week as best I can let me take some of the theory and put it into practice let me take some fruit from that tree and taste its sweetness maybe even share the sweetness with my friends and family so the action item that I want to encourage myself and everyone here Let's spend a little bit of time with the Qur'an Between today and next Friday We don't know how long we have to live We don't know if we'll see the next prayer We don't know if we'll see tomorrow We don't know if we'll see next week But if we make that intention now, sincerely And we at least take steps on that path Of coming closer to the Qur'an of coming closer to istighfar, of coming closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. If we do happen to pass away, then at least we have a sincere claim in our book of deeds the, that, Ya Allah, I was trying. I was trying to change for the better. Maybe I didn't get there, but I sincerely tried. And these are some steps that I took. I started to listen to one ayah of Qur'an per day. I started to read the translation of one ayah per day. I started to spend five minutes with the Qur'an listening to my favorite reciter on the way to work or on the way home. I started to make istighfar ten times a day. Ya Allah, I tried. I didn't get there. But I at least took those steps. And I'll conclude with a story that many if not all of us know. The story of the man who killed a hundred people. He went to a scholar. This is the condensed version. He went to a scholar. That scholar advised him that you need a change of scenery. Take a step back and think about this story in connection with this. That man didn't even get to where he was trying to go. He didn't get there and then build a hundred orphanages to, to, to try to make up for his mistakes. He had good intentions, he was sincere. And he took action. He died along the way, but Allah forgave him and granted him Jannah. When the heart turns, however far it may have distanced itself from Allah, perhaps over years, maybe over decades, just by turning it in the right direction, just by taking that sincere step of tawbah, if a person dies in that state, shouldn't there be hope in Allah's forgiveness and mercy? 
We ask Allah to forgive each and every one of us. We ask Allah to have mercy on each and every one of us. We ask Allah to help us to be people of steadfastness, of uprightness, of istiqamah, amin rabbil alameen. We ask Allah to make us people of istighfar. And we ask Allah, al-ghafar, al-ghafur, al-ghafir to forgive each and every one of us here and now and we hope and we pray that all of us leave this gathering with all of our sins forgiven with all of our hearts being cleansed and purified we ask Allah to make us people of istiqamah people of istighfar we ask Allah to protect us from the plots of those trying to drag us away from the Quran and we ask Allah to make us from among those who say our Lord is Allah and they remain steadfast we ask Allah to make us from among them and we ask Allah to grant us the reward that he mentions in that passage that these people they end up in Jannah. They end up getting whatever they want and them getting whatever they ask for is simply the beginning. We hope and we pray that we fall into that category. We ask Allah to strengthen our identities as Muslims for all of us, especially for our youth. We ask Allah to protect us and to protect them. To protect them. We ask Allah to make all of us people of Quran as best we can in our own beautiful ways. We ask Allah to help all of us to come closer to Him little by little by little as best we can. We ask Allah to accept any good deed that we've ever tried to do for his sake and we ask Allah to overlook all of our shortcomings amni rabbil alamin rabbana taqabbal minna innaka antas samiul alim wa tub alayna innaka antat tawwabur rahim rabbana atina min ladunka rahmah wa hayy lana min amrina rashada rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab an-nar rabbana la tu'akhidhna in nasina aw akhtana rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamaltahu ala alladhina min qablina rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bihi wa'fu anna wa'ghfir lana warhamna anta maulana fa'ansurna ala alqawmil kafirin wa aqimis salam